Paula. This is Two Girls, One Ghost. Two Girls, One Ghost. And we are your ghostesses. That is Corinne. Hi. And I am Sabrina. And this is our absolute favorite. I mean, I guess we love them all, but we love this as well. (laughs) This is an encounters episode where you email us your ghost stories. We read them back to you and all of us together don't sleep. Let's just do it. I'm into it. Let's just start. Okay. Should I go first? Yeah. I feel like I often ask you to, so maybe I'll just switch it up. Okay. I don't know what to start with because they're all so good. Okay. (laughs) I'm going to start with this story from our listener, Courtney, and it's called A Vampire Bought My Crashed Car. What? Good morning, afternoon, or whenever. I wanted to share... I think that's my favorite intro we've ever gotten. <laughs> wow, what a great start. Courtney, you started us out with a, a an amazing Corinne chuckle. <laughs> or whenever. <laughs> uh, all inclusive. There we go. Yeah, any time of the day, truly. I mean, to be honest, that's kind of like with a, whoever's listening. We never know when you're listening. So <laughs> no. this applies to you. This is appropriate. Good okay. job, Courtney. Courtney said, I wanted to share a story with you, but I have so much more as well, so stay tuned. About four years ago, I was going to meet some friends at their new house. They moved from our bigger city to a small neighboring town, which was full of country roads. So I turned the GPS on to guide me, and my tunes were on, but they weren't too loud. And as I was driving, I hear the beep-a-boop the GPS does when it reroutes due to missing a turn. I hadn't realized that I needed to turn at all, but it was nighttime, so I didn't think much of it. Soon, the GPS sounded. In a half mile, turn left. That was pretty good. I was... That was great. (laughs) And also the beep-a-boop was really good. I'm reading along with you, and it says the beep-a-boop, and the fact that you were like, (laughs) beep-a-boop. So good. Wow. So Newfound skill. I'm a GPS. Truly. Voice. You should... Read books. Audible. Following the directions of my GPS, I take the next left turn. This road is pitch black besides what my headlights are illuminating. There were absolutely no streetlights and the trees added cover from the moon. The road was narrow and straight. There were no speed limit signs, but my GPS listed 40 miles per hour. So I followed that. The road went on for about a mile and a half when all of a sudden there was a sharp left turn. When I say sharp left, I mean straight 45 degree turn with no signs. I cut the wheel hard and drifted around the turn, but I overcorrected and lost control of the vehicle. My car was then skidding sideways on the road, my front bumper facing the grass and my driver's side aligned with the road as if that was the correct side to face forward. All of a sudden, my car made impact on the rear driver door and it came to a complete stop. Panicking, I sat there for a moment and realized my GPS was sounding again. Disconnect, disconnect, rerouting. Disconnect, reconnected, rerouting. That wasn't as good. Oh, well. I reached for my phone and dialed 911. 911, what's the address of your emergency? I don't know. I crashed my car. I I I wrecked. Ma'am, take a deep breath. Are you still in the vehicle? Yes, I crashed. Ma'am, you need to exit the vehicle. I then reach for the door handle and push, but the door won't budge. I can't. I can't. It won't open. Did you roll your car? I I don't know. Ma'am, crawl to the passenger side and try that door. Is there anyone else in the vehicle with you? I respond with no. Beep, beep, beep. The sound of the call dropping rang in my ear. So I started to crawl over to the console to the passenger seat when I heard the sound of metal ripping. I turned my head and saw that my driver's door was no longer there and there was a man peeking through. Are you okay? I looked at him. I don't know. I crawled through the new opening to see that the man is in fact not a police officer and is not possessing any tools, but is in fact holding my door. (gasps) 
What? He looks at me and in the back of my car and says, I'm sorry, was there a child with you? I look back and see that he was gesturing to the empty car seat. And I sigh, no, thank goodness. The man then looks at me and says, I would like to buy your car. I turn around to look at the car that is very badly damaged and say, um, I don't think it's worth much now. And then the street lights a bright blue as two police cars pull in. I turn to face the man again, but he is gone. My door is on the ground. An officer rushes over and starts questioning me and inspecting my body for cuts. As they load me into the ambulance, I ask what the plan is for the car. The officer stated that since it is out of the way of the road, a tow truck will come by in the morning. I was then discharged from the hospital with no injuries but a scrape or two, and a few weeks go by and I assume that the car was just impounded. That is until I return to my apartment one night to find $600 cash and a note that said, thank you for your investment. What? was this man? How did he find where I live? And how did he have enough strength to rip my car door off? And last spooky realization, what did my car make impact with? How did my driver's door get damaged? Was he standing in the road? Sorry to leave you on open-ended questions, but stay spooky and I'll see you on the other side, Courtney. I, my mind is blown. I know. I've never heard anything like this. It's so bewildering. And it really does sound like, I mean, just based on the way that she was explaining all of this, like, did she hit this man who is some super strength being, whether it's a vampire or, I don't know, an alien or some type of cryptid? And then and because he wanted to either buy her car or who knows? I mean, what, what does he want with the car? I, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing as you, like, alien, a- alien. <laughs> An alien is here posing as a person and just stood. I, first of all, why is the speed limit 40 miles an hour? And then there's that sharp turn. That in and of itself is a very dangerous situation. I mean, but yeah, the fact that she hit something and then that, I, it almost what reminds me saying? oh my gosh it almost reminds me of the 11 mile road game that we talked about or like one of the haunted roads that oh. because it's weird like the gps told her to reroute even though she hadn't thought she missed a turn and then i'm also curious like in the time between when this happened and now has she gone to visit this these friends new house and if she has did she go this route where there's this like road with a random turn has she gone past this place again Or is it like a weird place that she kind of went through a weird timeline or a glitch or something that she now can't reaccess? It's just so bizarre. Uh, But but (laughs) but if it was this glitch that she wouldn't be able to reaccess, doesn't it seem like the glitch? I don't know if that's well. This man, this is like a prolonged period of time, right? Because this man didn't just buy the car off of her. So like, if this were a glitch, he was outside of this glitch for a long time because she went into the hospital, her car was impounded. He went and got the car, found where she lived, gave the six hundred dollars. Yeah, like, there was a lot of time and effort That's spent true. on this person or whatever this thing is. But if it's like part another being, then hypothetically speaking, it could jump between these timelines, no problem. Right. I'm also. She said vampire, so now I'm thinking of Edward Cullen, like you know, the like saving her. I'm yeah. stronger than you. I can run faster than you. And it's a oh, even so like fast. saving Bella from the car accident, like yes. the way he pushes. The car out? Yeah. Ah. 
I this is it, reminding me of those video compilations on YouTube that are like angels caught on camera. And it there's this one specific video that's made rounds for years. And it's of a biker or someone walking across the street and then a car goes through the intersection. And then you just see like a white, it almost looks like a, a person, but like their silhouette is just like bright white. And they speed over and grab the biker and like move them away. And it takes half a second for it to happen. But this is what that's reminding me of. I really hope I'm not bursting your bubble on this one, but that one was proven fake, unfortunately. Well, yeah. No, I figured that. Okay. I just meant, like, this is re- <laughs> this is reminding me. Right, of right, that. right. Like I picture that <laughs> the, the fake video that has made its rounds on YouTube yes, yes, time yes. and time again. But I pictured this as that. Like, <laughs> that's what happened. Corinne, can you do me a favor? Can you go turn, turn your light on? Yeah. It's incredibly dark. <laughs> and it doesn't make any sense because it's actually pretty light out. Like, look at that. It just must be the way the lighting's hitting you. It's scary. All I could see were your, like, eyeballs and your teeth. And I was like, <laughs> girl, I know okay. I'm talking to you, but I don't want to. I'm going to take my headphones out. So okay. Ah. <laughs> uh. Okay. Much better. <laughs> it's still pretty dark. I don't know what's going on. It is, but it's better than what I was seeing before. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my gosh. Well, Courtney, you'll have to keep us updated. My thing is, like, now that the the whatever this being was knows where you live, will you see him again? Although, how gen- – it is nice of him it, that he didn't want – he didn't have ulterior motives, at least that we know of. He just seems wanted like, the car. Yeah. Given his power and his capabilities and his strength and and whatnot, it would have been very easy for him to just take the car or to never help you. And it sounds like, you know, he was trying to do do it right. He knew he needed the right. car, but he needed to, to save you and pay you for it. <laughs> but to be fair, if he is the reason that you crashed your car, don't you think he owes you a lot more than $600? <laughs> you know what else I'm picturing? Like, what if this is a time traveler from the future where somehow humans have this protective ability to be super strength? Super, super strength. Like maybe we tap into more well, of our brain. That's what I was thinking because it's like like our muscles – are so much more capable than than the actual strength we exert on them. And that's why there are stories of, you know, women who lift cars off of their yeah, babies. Adrenaline rushes. Yeah. Yeah. Because we we can do it. It's just that we don't because the weight of our like fully contracting all of our muscles would essentially like crush our bones. Uh yeah, I mean my muscles are huge, so definitely they would. <laughs> <laughs> I've always had pretty thunderous thighs. I think my muscles <laughs> I think I could crack a walnut between these guys <laughs> right now. Talk about super strength. <laughs> Stopping a car is easy peasy. Uh, <laughs> but what I'm just picturing that where like there's some time traveler, he comes back, he like bloops into existence in the wrong time, like right in front of her car, gets hit and it's like, oh shit. Like, but I do need a car. So <laughs> this isn't horrible. Let me save this lady's life and then take her car to complete my mission. That would be pretty poor timing and location based on, like, the fact that, I mean, in my imagination, this road was, like, really empty. Yeah. And then I guess if he was from the future, wouldn't he have been able to find some – couldn't he have looked back on record? Well, maybe not. I was thinking, like, shouldn't he have known there was going to be a car there? (laughs) That seems very hard to find out. Yeah. You got to rely on the CCTV footage for that. I guess But it sounds like this is maybe a remote street. Yeah. Okay, I have a story for you. This is from Emily, and it's called 
my serial killer past life slash future life? Question mark. Hey, queen ghostesses, Leia and Sven. (laughs) I've been listening to the podcast for about two years, and I was thinking to myself that I should talk about my creepiest experience. So here we go. Wow. About a couple months ago, I kept on having reoccurring dreams of watching hundreds of murders in many creepy ways. Like if anyone's driving or easily faints or is grossed out, skip forward about 30 seconds right now because this is like Texas Chainsaw Massacre gross. Okay. In many creepy ways, like decapitating people, stretching their limbs off, drowning them in a shark cage. You get the deal. But then the the thing that spooked me most was that at the end of the list of dreams, I was in a bedroom with a woman named Elizabeth. She looked like some weird shadow monster with hair that covered most of her face, and she wore a shadowy nightgown. She had long brown hair and empty eyes. She had a baseball bat in one hand and was covered in blood. She ended up beating me to death, and I never had those dreams again. But I still see a shadowy woman, long hair with her deep black nightgown, whenever I go to the bathroom at night. I stand and I ask her to leave me alone, but she won't move an inch. And my sister sees her as well, along with another older man that seems to protect my family from her. Well, that's my story. (laughs) What? Sincerely, Emily. I'm unwell. Okay, the drowning them in a shark cage just sounds like a cartoon villain, you know? Yeah. Well, and that's – I feel like the subject line, like my serial killer past life slash future life, I understand where Emily's coming from thinking that, you know, potentially, what if I'm seeing something that happened? Yeah. But the fact that these are so incredibly disturbing makes me think that this is some – like this woman that that she's encountering first – crept in to Emily's existence via her dreams and implanted these horrible night terrors mm. to basically scare and weaken Emily so that she had so that this creature had more strength to basically like attach itself and present itself which is why now even her sister is seeing this creature in the house i feel like this is a demon it's a demon yeah but it's so yeah i guess i like it's so unsettling <laughs> I, I, it's just yeah, disturbing to experience that, and even to read it, read it back yeah. and hear it, and for like to have for Emily to have these reoccurring nightmares, like these dreams constantly having it. It sounds a bit middle ages, like medieval, the way that the torturous oh. ways of dying, which almost makes me wonder if it is related to a past life. Like, did Emily ancient exist Rome. in, yeah, like a, an ancient civilization where they would kill people in these torturous ways? I'm thinking right. of like Anne Boleyn, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Or even like think of the Colosseum and all yeah, that happened truly. there. People would go to watch. It was like a spectator yeah. sport to watch people be killed in in ways that are disgusting and disturbing i'm also curious how emily learned that this woman's name was elizabeth right was it implanted in her mind or if it is related to a past life is there is the name elizabeth important but yeah i don't know i kind of feel like it's a demon (laughs) right it definitely feels like a demon which i'm tempted to to like suggest for emily to do some sort of past life regression to see if there is something there but at the same time i don't want Emily to be in more of a vulnerable state without like fully protecting herself and her space if right. there if this is a demon that's here and it's not just a memory of some. I do just lo- I do like though that there's this man that seems to be protecting Emily's family. 
Right. We need more information on that. Like, yeah. What is he doing? Where have you seen him? What, what is your sister seeing of this Elizabeth creature monster? I, I have lots right. of questions. They, they, this is one of those times where like we love reading your stories, but I just for a second just want to be inside your brains to know all of it, just to like possess the rest of the story and the rest of the like the stories that surround this one story so I can understand it. I know. I feel like people often – we rarely read it, but so many people say like, sorry f- for such a long story. Sorry for writing so much. And it's like we always have unanswered questions. Always. So please fill, fill in as many yeah. jobs as you can think of. I, so Emily did do one one kind thing after leaving us with, with the memories of her horrifying dreams <laughs> and paranormal experiences. She said, I'll leave you with one good thing. My dog, Celia, and, and sent us a picture of Celia, Aww. who is so sweet, so cute. Love that. So we have that. We have but that. But we have a lot of questions, Emily. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This is from our listener, Brittany, and it's called Completely Forgotten Scary-Ass Camp Story. Oh. Hi, it's Brittany. I am so sorry in advance, (laughs) but while listening to your podcast, it like brought up a whole ghost experience that I had completely forgotten about. I do not know how I forgot about it since it terrified me. So here it is. I was at year eight camp and we went to some place with a lake. We slept in cabins and one of the activities was camping in tents in the outback. So on this night, I was talking to my cousin about some scary stories, and we were talking about ghost children who, if they don't have any feet, then they are bad. And if you look them in the eyes, they will kill you in the worst possible way. That night, we freaked each other out, and other classmates were walking around scaring people. The night after we talked about the ghosts, we slept in our cabins. Let me explain how it was set because it's related to the story. So when you walk into the building, it's just one hall and there are doors that lead into the different rooms. And in the last room on the right, that was mine. The doors are old wooden sliding doors. And when you look inside my room, there are two bunk beds on the left and right wall and a window in the middle. My bed was on the top right bunk. So that night we were staying up and talking and we heard our teacher get up some kids down the hall. So we turned off the light and pretended to be asleep. As I laid there, you could hear each room door rolling open. A minute would pass and then it would close. And this was a very slow process for some reason. Eventually, she got to our room. I heard the room slide open and I pretended to be asleep. A minute went by and nothing moved. No sound. So I peeked my eyes open, looking to where my teacher's head would have been, but there was nothing. I looked down a little more and all I could see was the hair of a young boy. It was dark, but I could see the outline of it. My heart sank and I closed my eyes and I could feel him looking at me and I knew he was evil. My heart was beating so fast and I just wanted the door to close. It felt like he was there for at least 10 minutes. Then the door rolled back and the next room was open. Straight away, I sat up and asked anyone else if they saw him, but no one else saw anything. They didn't hear anything or feel anything or see anything, nothing. It was like I went crazy and no one believed me. So yeah, that's my story, and I definitely don't look at a presence if it feels bad. I already stated in my last email that my family is really spiritual, and honestly, you guys should look up some aboriginal spirits because shit gets crazy. I believe in voodoo, witchcraft, spirits, and dream time. I love the podcast. Hope you girls have a good day. Kind regards, Brittany. That's so scary. It's so scary to be frozen in fear and also not be able to look something in the eye, right? Like you're basically depending on your peripheral vision to keep track of the mm-hmm. thing that's that's scaring you. And Which is for really the reality to be completely altered. Right. Like 
Brittany and the other girls in the bunks all heard the teacher coming down the hall, opening all the doors. Mm -hmm. And then it's like a spirit took advantage of this happening and knew that Brittany and her cousin were talking about kid spirits and used that against her. So when the adult, when the door rolled back and the next room was opened, I guess I want to know what, what caused that. Was that like the spirit leaving? Was that the teacher opening and closing the door? Like, I guess I, I I want more clarity on on what actually caused the spirit or or the, when the spirit left. Well, it's interesting because I'm not quite sure. Like when Brittany says that she looked up to everyone else and was like, "Did you see that? Did you hear anything?" Like they said they didn't see or hear anything. Does that mean they didn't hear the door open? That the teacher never actually came into their room? And it yeah, it also sounds like the the thing was closest to Brittany too, like the little Ugh. the top of the little boy's hair is like right near her so i wonder if kind of like what you're what you're getting at if this was something that the reality was only changed for britney that yeah. it was only affecting britney and she was targeted here and if that's true that's terrifying i hate that i would never go camping again no now i'm thinking of what if the teacher is actually i'm thinking of like the disney channel movies where it's like Mom's got a date with a vampire or like when someone isn't what they think, what they say they are, you know? My teacher, yeah, the my teacher teacher's is, a demon. <laughs> yeah, my teacher's a demon. I feel like we could we could have a really great book series like that, <laughs> you know? Like just like the old school kind of campy kids facing creature stories. I love it. Me too. My teacher's a demon. Yeah, it's fun when we talk about it as like a fiction book, but Brittany actually had to <laughs> somewhat experience a version of this in real life. Oh, gosh. Okay. This is called Goblins Breathing in Dark Shadows, and it's from Meg. Hi, girls. I love your show and recommend it to all my friends. Your podcast helped me to be more open and less scared about my own experiences, so I owe you a lot. Oh, hmm. that's nice. I'm a teacher in the UK, and I love listening to you on my walks to work. It's always so funny to listen to the spooky tales and the horrible history before finger painting and fairy tales. Oh. <laughs> My story is a blend of my experience and my brother's during our childhood. The subject line might give you a hint, but I'll jump straight in. I was always afraid in my childhood. Like Corinne said, when she was young, I would refuse to go to the toilet alone. Even as young as six, before I saw any horror films, I would be scared that something was waiting outside the bathroom door for me. Sometimes I would listen for a moment before leaving the bathroom, sure that something was on the other side. Ugh, gives me shivers Mm -hmm. thinking about I would never go upstairs by myself and neither would my brother. When we were old enough, we would both go to the toilet together in our house, then race to be the first one down the stairs. Oh, that's so sad. I know. My mom always thought that we were being silly, but there was something truly weird about upstairs. All of our experiences happened up there, but we never actually told each other about what happened until a month ago when I was telling him about your podcast. Our conversation started when I told him about double breathing, which I actually still experience today. Sometimes when I'm alone, I hear another set of breathing as Uh, well as mine. No! It usually happens at night in bed, and I'll be in the room all alone and I'll hear breathing, which is a completely different pattern to mine. When I realize it's happening, I get super scared and immediately squeeze my eyes shut. Sometimes I've tried to work out where the breathing is, behind me or underneath me, but I can't work out exactly where it's happening. All I know is it isn't mine. 
and there's no one else it could be. The really creepy thing is that when I told my brother this, he said he used to experience it when we shared a room, but hasn't had it since I moved out. Then on to the goblin. My brother said that he's never told this to anyone, but he thought that now was a good time. (laughs) One time when he was about nine, and he's 20 now, he had a tough night with not very much sleep. He had a bath the next day, and when he opened his eyes after washing his face, a goblin stood next to the bath. What? He said it was quite small, maybe two feet, and looked really shocked that my brother was looking at him. They both stared at each other for a minute or two until my brother blinked and it was gone. He never saw the goblin again, but he says that he thinks about it all the time. Oh. And he never told anyone because he didn't want people to think that he was crazy, especially as there's a history of mental illness in our family. This then led me to share an experience that I've never shared for the same reason. I must have been about seven when I was sat in my mom's bed while she gave my brother, who was then five, a bath. I was reading when I saw the door gently open. I looked up and I saw a tall creature, as tall as the bedroom door, stepping around the door. It looked a bit like a child's drawing of a lion. It had spikes around its head and large circular eyes. It stood on two legs and had one hand on the door as it stared at me. And I was frozen. I just stared at him. And then, as gently as he had entered... He backed out of the room. I sat oh. like that until my mom came, and but I didn't tell her anything. It was the weirdest thing, and I think about it all the time. Finally, my brother and I both mentioned something that I've never heard anyone else talk about, but I would love to see if anyone knows what I mean. Often, I would lie awake at night trying to fall asleep. Sometimes, I would look up at the ceiling and stare at the texture on there. Some nights, it would look as though the ceiling was getting darker, like a shadow was creeping in from the corner of the room. It wasn't my eyes adjusting, because usually the longer you look in the dark, the easier it is to see, but nearly every time I couldn't sleep, a thicker kind of darkness would creep in slowly from the corners of the room like ink moving through water, creeping towards me. Oh my The room was dark, but it was like a darker shadow was taking over the room. I would always close my eyes before it took over the whole ceiling. My brother's eyes got wide when I told him this, and he said that the exact same thing happened to him. Then he explained back to me everything that I used to see and think. We both agreed It's never happened in any other room. I have never experienced this anywhere else, and I've never been as scared as I was in my childhood home. There was something creepy happening there, and I'm so glad that I've left. Has anyone else heard of the darkness or shadows like these? See you on the other side. Meg. Oh? Okay, Meg, your childhood home was a portal for creatures and cryptids. And it's that's what I was thinking. The, there was a the point where Meg is talking about how her brother had this experience with the goblin, and the goblin was surprised that he could see him. It, at first, like when I heard that story, I was like, "That's kind of innocent and fun and fine," and it like makes me think that there, there are these creatures living there that don't want that are just living their lives and are shocked when the humans see them. So, like the double breathing, it's not meant to be scary. It's just the other creatures living there. But then. As Meg went on to explain the experiences, I was like, not all cryptids are good, I guess. So it's very possible some of them have bad intentions. And I don't know, I don't know what to do with this information. Yeah, I mean, the fact that they, here's the thing. And it's an interesting thing that that Meg brought up, which is that both her and her brother were extremely scared to be in the upstairs and to be in the bathroom alone and felt like there was something on the other side of the door. There was always something watching. And this was before they had exposure to scary things like monsters right. and, and horror movies. So this was like an innate fear. This was built into them. Like their soul knew that something else, that 
the, there was a predator present, basically. This was instinctual. And so it makes me think kind of to your point, Sabrina, that they're that the upstairs did have a portal. That there yeah. I mean, the fact that this like weird lion creature kind of like popped in and stared and like left right. kind of, you know, gingerly and innocently. It makes me think that, yeah, there is a portal and somehow there are these creatures that are entering and that maybe Meg and her brother were young enough or maybe they spent enough time in this house to have a little sprinkle of magic over them where they were suddenly able to kind of see some of the activity that was always happening around yeah. them. But okay, but it's only this house. and it, okay, Except th- the double breathing. The double breathing right. followed Meg. Okay, that is weird. Okay, this reminds me of like Narnia. I feel like Meg and <laughs> you grew up with Narnia in your home. Yeah, yeah. Here's the thing. Maybe the author of Narnia also experienced this, and this is what what was some of the hidden inspiration behind the yeah. novels. Because I've never, I personally have never experienced the darkness like creeping in over the ceiling, but that I is either. horrifying. And it makes me think of like a shadow figure almost, but in the same way that like a shadow figure is darker than dark and it like creeps out of the darkness. Like there's that, there's a, a psychological connection between those two images for me but it doesn't feel like it's a shadow person it feels like this is like the fog rolling in so all Mm -hmm. the cryptids can come out well and this happens on the sleepless nights so right is it causing the sleepless nights is it causing meg and her brother to stay awake because it's trying to creep right further and to get closer and keep Ah. them awake or is it an opportunist? Is it seeing what's happening and is like, oh, now's my chance. I don't know. I don't know. And I do not like it. Freaky deaky, super scary. Fellow phantoms, please let Meg know if you've experienced yeah, this. Yeah, let too. us know and we'll let Meg know because we want to be – we can't be cut out of the conversation. No. <laughs> no, we must Or the know. Facebook group too. Yeah. Okay. This is a story from Kat. It's called, I guess this is how I talk to my dead brother now. Hi, ladies. All love to you and your wonderful podcast, but let's just get into this, shall we? We have been in our house for almost six years. Nothing weird was happening until maybe a year ago, give or take. Our new TV would randomly turn off even after having a technician come out and replace the guts. I was seeing things out of the corner of my eye. Our dog would growl and bark at seemingly nothing. And my personal favorite is I would walk through many rooms just to walk through it again and step on something set on the floor. Apparently, whatever this is loves to hear me shout curse words. So the other day, I'm in the back room cleaning and a light bulb starts flickering like crazy and burns out. I made a mental note to have my husband change it and later that night, I go into the room and the light is on and fine. Hubby says it's probably on the verge of burning out, but he'll change it later. Last night, I was sitting in the living room and I could see the dining room table from my chair. One of the bulbs in the light above the table started doing that crazy flicker thing, but didn't burn out. This time, I didn't think it was a bulb gone bad. I thought it was something trying to get my attention. So out loud, I say, if you're trying to get my attention, you have it. If you're one of my family members, you are welcome to stay. If you are not, you have to leave. You are not welcome. The light stops flickering. But a few moments later, it starts flickering again and stops. So I ask, are you one of my family members? It flickers and then stops. Oh crap, oh crap, oh crap. Okay, I'm doing this. 
So I ask, it's a family member, right? Are you my grandpa? Nothing. Are you my grandma? Nothing. Oh shit. Are you my brother? The light starts flickering. You guys, my brother died a little over a year ago from a drug overdose. Drugs do a terrible thing to a family and he and I were not close and hadn't been since he was a little kid. I never, never thought he would come visit me. So to be sure, I asked yes or no questions and said to flicker the light for yes. Every question I asked, I got the correct response and on cue. This was no light burning out. It is him, my brother. But now I don't know what to do with this. He's not here for a social call. I think he's here for a reason. I just don't know what to do. I want to help and I don't want him to leave thinking I can't. I just don't know how to. Suggestions? And in case you're wondering... No, the hubby never changed the light bulb in the back room and it is still working fine. Cat. Wow. This is this is giving me the image of in Stranger Things where mm, the light essentially yeah, they set up the lights and whoa and the letter board. <gasps> I and wonder then, if that would work. Yeah. Wait, cat cat try that. I mean, it doesn't Put hurt, different right? letters write different letters on like a, a tarp or something. Yeah. And then hang big string light bulbs above each letter so that maybe you can communicate essentially like a Ouija board if lights are the way to go. Oh my gosh. This is why TV is amazing because sometimes you learn cool techniques like this. What if it works? Right, Right, because it sounds like the light is an easy way for – is an easy thing for him to manipulate. So maybe that's the preferred form of communication. I wonder if he's trying to maybe warn you of of something else. Like if if you don't think that it's – just to say hello, that this house call has a reason. Right. I mean, or is it to say sorry? I mean, it. you know, Kat would know more than we would, but it is possible based on the way that Kat was saying they didn't really have a relationship. Like, is Kat's brother just trying to make up for lost time or just trying to be a part of Kat's life in a way that he wasn't when he was alive? Right. Yeah. I don't know. You know what's so interesting is I'm just th- I'm just thinking about this and and, and how there's there's all those like Alcoholics Anonymous and, and different programs like that for people that are suffering with with drugs and substance abuse. Mm-hmm. And it's just rem- reminding me of when we covered the start of AA and how AA got got its start because the the person who started it like essentially communicated with the other side and they were like, yeah, you need to start this program. When did we cover that? I swear we did. Hold on. Let me let me look. I don't remember this. Okay. We did it in episode 62 back in 2018 when we covered seances. Because I did Bill Wilson who created oh. Alcoholics Anonymous. And he basically had a seance that told him to, to start this. And so now I'm just thinking about, about how supportive the spiritual world is right. for people who are suffering from those addictions in their life. And maybe some of the, to your point, Sabrina, like maybe, maybe now her brother does want to, to make amends or just yeah. recognize how it impacted her. I am curious. I mean, sadly, this email was sent over a year ago, but so I'm curious if anything has happened since I'm Hopeful that maybe if Kat's brother did have a message that they were able to get it across to Kat. Well, I'll follow up. This is one of those ones where maybe we'll get a response and we can share it in a future episode. Okay, perfect. I'd love that. Also, I'm really, really proud of you for remembering all that information from a past episode. I feel like we so often are like, I don't remember <laughs> anything we talked about. But Corinne, you just proved that you have a great memory. That there, no, no. <laughs> it's one of those things, you know, when people do those exercises where they say like 20 numbers in a row and then it's like, which numbers do you remember? And it's like the first three and then the last three. Mm. You remember what's in the beginning and what's at the end. <laughs> 
And that is the podcast. I remember that because that was like the first year we, we basically did it. That's so I don't impressive. Know. Let me be impressed no. with you. Okay. All right. This is from Jess. This is called Child Ghost. Greetings, ladies. I recently came upon your podcast and I'm rapidly making my way through your episodes. I wanted to share some stories about experiences that my family had in the house that we lived in when I was young. I grew up in a small town in southern Minnesota and my parents bought and renovated a two-story house when I was four and we lived there for about six years. I remember that I always felt a presence in that house and I haven't felt it in any other house that I've lived in. I'm now 44 with three children of my own, so there's been a lot of living since then. Oh, my gosh. One time I was running up the stairs to my bedroom, and I noticed my little brother was standing at the end of the hall. There was a window there, and he was standing beneath it in the sun, and the sun was shining behind him. So it was hard to make out any features other than that it was just the shape of a child. I froze when I realized that my brother was actually coming up the stairs behind me. I looked at my brother standing behind me, and then I looked back down the hallway, and there was nobody there. My parents told me that one night they woke up because they heard noises coming from my room. My dad went in to check on me to see why I was still awake, and when he entered my bedroom, I was asleep. He heard the noise coming from behind the closed closet door. (gasps) Oh my gosh, I have chills. When he opened the closet door, he discovered the noise was coming from a game still in its box that was halfway down the stack of games high on my closet shelf. Remember the game Perfection? It was just ticking away on its own and then popped and then stopped. Silence. So glad that I slept through that experience. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Another time my parents heard noises coming from my brother's room during the night. You and many of your listeners might be a little young to remember what stompers are, but they were basically small three to four inch battery operated vehicles that were advertised to drive over treacherous ground in your house and backyard. (laughs) Treacherous. (laughs) That night, my brother's stompers were driving across his bedroom floor on their own. Oh. Our family was recently talking about these experiences and my brother said that he remembers seeing the stompers driving on their own when he was little. I never felt in danger, but I did feel unnerved in that house. I wonder if it was just a little child ghost who was looking for some playmates. It might be interesting to research into some of the background and the residents of that house someday. Thanks for having the forum where people can share their stories and realize that they aren't alone in their creepy experiences. (laughs) Jess. Well, you are not alone, Jess, because this reminds me exactly of my childhood ghost and the experiences my family had with My brother's toys going off by themselves just like this. Toys that didn't have batteries in them or like were pre-packaged or ready packaged or in whatever, in their original packaging going off. Like you guys 100% had a child ghost in your home. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, I'm the first one to scream demon when I hear a story of a child. But the fact (laughs) that Jess was walking up the stairs and like down the hallway, her brother behind her, and then they did – or she did see this this child beneath the light and the light shining on him. Mm -hmm. I just feel like that was kind of symbolic in in the way that it was catching on this little boy's astral body was kind of beautiful. And so I feel like that is just kind of a sign that like – this is just a child. And of course you're unnerved spirit. because there's a ghost in your house. Yeah. It doesn't matter what the ghost is, who it is, or, or what their intentions are. It can be unnerving, especially when you're a little kid. And when the toys are going off in the middle of the night, that's also even more unnerving. It's like – Right. The little boys in your closet right. are sleeping. <laughs> 
which is so scary. It's the total monster in the closet. That's the vibe that you would get. But this but would yeah, be it's just looking to play. This would be part of our book series where my teacher, the demon, and then when you when our main character goes home, it's the little boy in the closet. Love it. Love it. I'm into it. You can never escape the spirits. They're everywhere. They're everywhere. Everywhere. Echo everywhere. That's our tagline. They're everywhere. They're everywhere. They're everywhere. Why well, do we do this? <laughs> <laughs> we are only halfway through, you guys. Oh, I know. And this <laughs> one many more. is this one is not as scary as some of ours. Like there's sometimes where I leave our episodes and I'm like, I need a, a session of therapy to get myself through what just happened. This is a story from our listener, Damini, and it is called Spooky Landline Story. Hey, y'all. On episode 168, you requested spooky landline stories, and I have a creepy one for you. When I was around 10 or 11 years old, I usually had the house to myself for about an hour after school while I waited for my mom to get off work. I used the time to watch things I wasn't allowed to watch on TV or talk to my friends on the phone. One afternoon, I was in my bedroom with the door closed talking to my friend on our fancy new cordless phone when during our Mm -hmm. conversation about who was the cutest boy in our class, I heard the telltale click. That meant someone had picked up another phone somewhere in the house, which I presumed was in her house and that someone was now listening in on our conversation. So I said, hey, I think someone picked up the other phone at your house, to which my friend replied, we don't have another phone. I instantly got chills and told her I had to go because that meant someone must be in my house. I hung up and dialed my neighbor's phone number to tell them I needed to come over until my mom got home. But I had to hang up and try again twice because I couldn't get a dial tone, which if you remember, that meant that the other line was up. Oh, oh, I have chills. Oh, They're just trying to be responsible and safe. I know. Finally, I was able to call my neighbor, and before sprinting out the door, I carefully peeked into my parents' room where the other landline is, and right in front of the little bedside table where the phone sat were two fresh-looking, shoe-print-shaped indentations in the carpet. Are you sure? The curly phone cord was swaying just enough to imply that someone had recently touched (gasps) it. I bolted out the front door and went to my neighbors. An adult came over and checked the whole house and there was no sign of anyone. It occurred to me as an adult that it really could have been a human intruder, but that house was definitely haunted. So at the time, I assumed it was our resident spirit trying to call someone or maybe it just wanted to weigh in about the cute boys at school. Keep up the amazing work. See you on the other side, Damini. I mean, there's nothing like some middle school gossip, but (laughs) at the same time, the sh... Well... I don't know. I'm kind of torn because like Damini said, as an adult, it does seem like it's a human intruder where you're like, holy shit, you you could have escaped yeah. something really serious. But the fact that the shoe prints on the carpet were were right there, it wasn't like there was a, a trail of prints. Right. Which makes me think that the spirit was standing there, that it wasn't right, it had it, just left. It was literally there and watching Damini run. Right. Could have been. Because if it was if it was an actual human, that person doesn't just levitate across all the carpet and right. only leave footprints next to the phone. Right. There would have been others. Exactly. Wow, you're a little yeah. investigator, Corinne. You're so right. <laughs> I'm so that means the ghost was standing right there. That's that that's right? proof. Oh, Especially so- the way that the court had was just swinging, meaning like they just put the phone down. They're standing there, which yeah. is – I'm curious now, Damini, I want to know more about what happened in that house to make you think it was haunted. Like, what other hauntings did you experience? 
Because, yeah, maybe maybe it is this ghost that just wants to be in on the gossip or I mean, it's hard to know if it was good or bad, you know, because we're just getting this one experience. I'm also trying to put myself into the ghost shoes and picture what it must have been like, like like what they were doing. They were standing there being like, oh, Tamini's gossiping. Let me pick up and listen. And then the confusion that maybe the ghost had felt (laughs) that the spirit had felt when she hung up. And was like, wait, hello? Wait, Damini, is someone in our house? Should I be going to? Hello? Hello? <gasps> Meanwhile, she keeps picking up being like, oh, my God, someone's on the other line. Well, also, or or is it like an adult, you know, who who's on the side of Damini's parents who's like, well, Damini, you might think your parents are not home, but I'm watching you and making sure you're safe. And I know you're not supposed to be on the phone right now, so I'm going to listen in on this conversation and I'm going to rat you out to your parents when they get home. Book number three, My Babysitter is a Ghost. <laughs> wow. We are on a roll. How are we not novelists already? <laughs> I don't know. Someone sign us already. <laughs> Give us a million-dollar book deal, please. <laughs> Where do I sign? Where do I sign the dotted line? <laughs> Dang. We are right. true entrepreneurs. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, though, I feel like we start some business every in episode. every single episode. <laughs> We must have if, – if we actually counted how many things we said if we were going to do or how many businesses we had, I'm sure we're probably like – I don't know. How many episodes do we have? That's probably <laughs> how many ideas there are. Do you think in like other universes, our versions of ourselves are doing these jobs and that's why we keep coming up with them? Because somewhere else in different dimensions, we are actually doing them. Oh, I love that idea. We should do them in this lifetime too. Yeah. I'm going to re-listen to all the old episodes and write down every single idea we have. Okay. Let me know how long that takes. I will. I mean, we said them out loud on a public forum. That, that's our intellectual property right there. So yeah. I'm going to collect I'm going to collect that shit. Collect that money. Collect that money. Just sitting okay. there waiting for us. This is a story. Wait, you just read the last one, right? I didn't yeah, know. yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> It all feels the same. We are one. Your voice is my voice. We are interconnected beings. (laughs) This is from Brittany. It's called Lighthouse Encounter, which I'm so excited about because Sabrina, I think that this was sent after you and I had said like, oh, what if we just lived in a lighthouse for a month or something? I feel like we were talking about that at some point. Yes. Oh, wait. No, this was definitely sent before that because she sent this in 2019. And I feel like that was a pandemic conversation that we had. Anyway. This is from Brittany. Okay. Hey, ladies. I've been listening to you for quite some time, and I've been thinking about writing in, and I guess I just never felt my story was good enough. No, you guys. Everyone's story is good enough. What the heck? Come on, Brittany. Now I'm mad at you. (laughs) (laughs) Believe in yourself. Believe. It's nothing too crazy, but I decided to just send it and stop thinking about it. Yes. I live in Wisconsin, right on Lake Michigan, and here in Wisconsin, members of the Coast Guard can rent out lighthouses and use them for, like, vacations and stuff. What? My family has been going to the Raleigh Point Lighthouse the last couple summers. The Raleigh Point Lighthouse is a three-story lighthouse on the edge of Point Beach State Forest. At the time we stayed there, we stayed for a weekend, Friday through Sunday. In attendance was my grandma, my sister, my nieces, my mother, my father, and my three kids. One was a baby at the time. And myself and my husband. The first floor of the lighthouse was the living room, the kitchen, the dining room, a bathroom, a pantry, and access to the basement. The second floor was a bathroom and two bedrooms where all of the adults slept. And the third floor had two bedrooms and a crawl space. These rooms had bunk beds, so all the kids slept up there. Oh, that's so fun. That does sound like a blast. 
I should state that everyone in my family is a skeptic. Friday was a beautiful day. We spent the day hiking, enjoying the beach, and playing cards. And that night, I tuck my kids in upstairs on the third floor and then go down to the second floor to talk to my mom. Not long after coming downstairs, we hear slamming doors, roughhousing, running, jumping, loud thuds like kids jumping off the top bunk and rustling upstairs. I call upstairs for the kids to get back to bed and go to sleep, and then I go back to talking to my mom. Again, we hear running, giggling, roughhousing. I'm a little annoyed now, and I yell up again that they need to go to bed. Not long after that, it all starts again, and now I'm really annoyed. I go upstairs to let them have it, and half of them were asleep, and the other half were reading with flashlights. Everyone in bed where they should be. I go downstairs, and I tell my mom that they were all in bed. And as I say that, the noises start up again. So I fly up the (laughs) stairs and they were all in the same spots. I ask the few that were awake if they had heard anything and they say no. So now I'm pissed. I know I'm hearing them. My mom (laughs) is hearing them, my sister, my husband, and they were going to wake the baby downstairs. Like what is going on? I go back downstairs and I try to go to sleep, but again, we hear the noises upstairs. So my mom goes up and says that they're all asleep now. Like, what the fuck? It's happening. (laughs) We clearly hear them awake upstairs, but we go up 12 steps and then they're all asleep. We fell asleep to the noises that night and the next night it all happened again. Even when we had all the adults upstairs sleeping to make sure that the kids stayed in bed. Oh, That Sunday, we were sitting out on the deck watching the water and soaking in the last bits of our weekend when the kids started fighting in the family room. We go to handle the situation and find them fighting over a little notebook that they had found in the entertainment center. They wanted to color in the book. Upon investigation of the book, we realized that this little book is little blurbs from a lot of the families that have stayed there over the many years. A lot of the entries are about sunrises being gorgeous, the little ice cream shop in town, and all of the animals that people have seen but riddled throughout the whole book are little lines like, we couldn't sleep due to the noise on the third floor, (gasps) and heard slamming doors upstairs, and unusual thumping from bunk bedroom on third floor. Oh my gosh. (laughs) This whole episode is giving me chills. Every (laughs) single story, I'm like, my whole body. (laughs) I immediately ran to my mom to show her that we weren't crazy and that so many other people had heard the noises too. We've stayed there a couple times now and sometimes we hear the thumping and sometimes we don't. Everyone seems to pretty much avoid the third floor regardless. And then she sent a picture of the lighthouse and it's beautiful. Okay, the lighthouse is stunning. And then she said, we made jokes about it being haunted the whole weekend, but we never actually thought it was. But thanks for your time, Brittany. Okay, Brittany, how did you guys not think it was haunted? I feel like this is uh, you have all the proof. Maybe they were just like in self-preservation mode of like, we just need to get through this trip. We're not going to acknowledge that it was haunted until afterwards. Right. And also that all of your children are sleeping in a haunted room. They put them all in the haunted room. Although it does sound like all of these hauntings are child related, which makes me want to know so much. Like we've done episodes about haunted lighthouses before and just like the history of like there's so much fascinating history in lighthouses specifically. So there has to be something like some lighthouse keeper and his family lived in this house and had such a great time that there's this residual haunting of kids running around and jumping off bunk beds and right running up and down the stairs, which to me is, I don't know, I really think that's sweet. And I love that I think it's that continuing, sweet. that these families now from all over are bringing their families here and enjoying the lighthouse. The one thing that's odd about the about- – 
So going off of you saying it's a residual, it could be a residual haunting. The one thing that is odd about it is that it seems a little bit active to me Mm. only because when they go upstairs to check, the noises stop. And the rest of the adults that are down below who didn't go up to check are no longer hearing it either. So it's not just that the noise stops when you cross the barrier. It just straight up stops when someone approaches the room. That is true. So maybe there are kids there still. But Maybe. it's interesting that the kids themselves, who are most often the most susceptible or open to seeing spirits, are not hearing anything at all. Yeah. Maybe the third floor actually isn't haunted. It's just the space between. Oh. You know? Like, okay, not to – you were talking about how sweet this could be, the, mm-hmm. the residual energy and the memory of all the good times. But I'm going to put kind of a depressive spin on it. What if there's a spirit of a lighthouse keeper that's still here and just misses their family oh. so much and basically just like projects their memories onto the house often? And so it the sound doesn't really exist anywhere, but but everywhere all at once. Like it's just their memories Corinne, of hearing the sounds. That's so sad. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. Oh, it's really sad. It's really sad. But the I guess the shining light here is that, pun intended, is (laughs) that there's no ill intent. Right. And that is the only thing about paranormal activity that I enjoy when there's no bad intention. I agree. Yeah. I mean, even in the notebook, it was paranormal it was activity just... in the notebook. What? Oh, <laughs> no, the little. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like, how are you relating this to the movie, The Notebook at this moment? I wrote you every day. <laughs> if you're a bird, I'm a bird. No, <laughs> no. I mean, the entry yes. in the, no. the I've caught up little notebook that the kids found <laughs> were not about being scared or about something horrible happening. It was all just taking notice of the noises. It's like we can't sleep. The noises right. are loud. But I'd rather hear kids jumping off of bunk beds and giggling than, you know, growls or whispers in your ear. So yeah, we'll that, take that it. applies everywhere. Thanks, Brittany. I hope other people go stay there. I would stay there. Okay. This is a story from our listener, Kyra, and it is called, My Brother is My Father? Question <laughs> mark. Hi, ladies. Wanted to say that I absolutely love you guys. My job requires a lot of driving, so I love crying, laughing, and screaming, oh, fuck no, along with your podcast. <laughs> so here's some backstory. My mom and I have always been close. Like, I slept in her bed until I was eight, and we just vibe. You know, I call her just to tell her I made dino chicken nuggets. And she's like, okay, but like anything else? And I'm like, no, (laughs) (laughs) these chicken nuggets are just monumental. Anyway, so a few months ago, my mom called me and was like, I got a guardian angel reading and it got me very intrigued because I have always been interested. So this morning I did one and then I did one with my mom. I forget what episode it was, but y'all mentioned that matching birthmarks could be a sign of soulmates. And while my mom and I have two matching birthmarks. So I was like, bruh, we got to do this together. Neither one of us mentioned the birthmarks, but when my mom walked into the room after my personal reading with the medium, I don't know the specific term for the guardian angel reader, sorry. The medium said, wow, okay, wow, there's just pairs. There's a lot of flashing and through time. Wait, is there a third? And then she proceeded to say that my mom and I have usually been a brother-sister pair 
and that I've always been older, but we've always been together. She then said that there's another energy that travels with us, but he's much younger in this life and came later. Well, ladies, I have a 12-year-old brother. I'm 23, so it's an 11-year gap. My little brother has always taken it upon himself to take care of me. Like even when he was eight or nine years old, he'd open the car door for me. He'd give me his jacket if I was cold. He'd make me coffee in the morning and he'd sent me cards to college when I was depressed. He'd always see something and tell my mom, oh, I bet Sissy would love this. He even told his class that I was his role model, which the funny part is he goes to school in Idaho and I at the time worked for cannabis. Whoops. So it sounds like the three of us travel together through all of our lives. However, one of my guardian angels said, make sure Kyra knows he's been her father for most of them, which makes sense because although my brother's much younger than me, he's always trying to take care of me. So yeah, that's that's my story. Stay spooky, stay healthy, and stay away from ghost penises. See you on the other side, (laughs) Kyra. (laughs) The ending. Ugh. I mean, this is kind of wonderful. I feel like this makes sense, you know. Yeah. That her and her mom have this have this like friendship with one another. It makes sense that they were brother sister pair, and that her younger brother, who has the the tendency to to take care to be the caregiver, was their dad. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like for this lifetime, they just took a chance at reversing some of the roles from right. what they normally had. Right. I I love that they're. I mean, it's so fascinating because I do think that there are a lot of people in everyone's lives that are traveling souls, but it's so interesting to see like and to learn what you were to each other in past lives. But Mm -hmm. to be like, oh, my brother was my dad before he passed away or whatever it was, you know, I think it's so interesting. And like you were talking the other day on Green Room of like how sometimes we think of like the new cycle of life is like hundreds of years after the previous life. But it really could be that quickly if a soul needs to be part of someone else's life. Right, right, exactly. It also makes me wonder too, like if we think about each life having a purpose and that that souls are reincarnated maybe for for some mission or, or to to learn something in each life. It makes me wonder if it's intentional for them to take on different roles to be like, okay, well instead of the father, I'll be I'll be one of the kids in this one. Like was that was there purpose behind that choice mm. so that her little brother could learn something and her and her mom's souls in this lifetime could learn something or or master something that they didn't yeah. get to in their previous roles since they often t- took the brother sister role or is it just kind of random and it's just you get slingshotted into something and then it's just like you kind of get what you get you just know you'll be together in some way shape or form but you don't necessarily know how i don't know I mean, I guess most people aren't aware, but like, I'm just, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I wonder, I mean, I know that they've already gone to do this reading, but. Do it again. Do it again. (laughs) (laughs) Who were you in past lives then, you know? If if your guardian angels and spirit guides can tell you that you guys were brother and sister in a past life or whatever your dynamics were, who were you? Can you find out more? Also, I want to know, can can you tell us who did your angel reading, Kira? Because I. I want to do it. Oh, is it Kira or Kyra? Oh, I don't know. Sorry. Sorry. I, I, sorry. <laughs> I feel so bad. I'm like, I don't know. There's no way for us to well, know. There's no way for moment. us to know. Let's phone her up. <laughs> <laughs> like to use a life lifeline? Well, we said both. Uh, phone Hopefully we got it right once. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, I mean, it sounds like 
I don't know. I want to get one of these things. I want to I want to hear. I want to know. Me too. I want to just know if I have guardian angels. I think you do, Sabrina. <gasps> well, I just want to communicate with them then, okay? <laughs> Why are you mad at me? <laughs> I just have like a temper tantrum. Okay. I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh my God. I don't know what just took over me. You've been Maybe watching my guardians. Love is blind. <laughs> the emotions, they're heightened. Oh gosh. Okay. I'll shut up. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll find somewhere to get these readings yes. right now we'll do it we'll okay tap in. this is our year this is our year i've started using my crystal pendulum again so we're getting we're getting in Wait, tune with- i can't believe we haven't talked about this except for it won't answer questions for me oh yes okay so quick sidebar i when i was in florida another woman who had been staying at the condo is also very spiritual and she had found this really awesome crystal shop so i was telling her about how my crystal pendulum had chosen me when I was like 16 years old walking into the store and how it started swinging back and forth from the line of all of them, freaked out the store owner. And then I basically asked my crystal after purchasing it, will I marry Nick Jonas? It said no. And then I got (laughs) mad at it and put it away for, you know, 14 years. You had a temper Um, tantrum like I just had, basically. I did. I did. (laughs) But finally, you know, Nick Jonas is a few years into his marriage. I'm in a relationship, so I I just have to let that go and trust the pendulum again. So I've decided – to bring it back out. And so I've recently been using it to ask a few questions. And Sabrina knows the questions and the answers to them because I text her every time yep. I do it. But the odd thing was, is like, I was saying how interesting it was, how clear some of the answers are, because it will like, you know, make little circles. And then I feel like I'm being completely still and suddenly it will like really swing like pretty far in one direction. I'm wow. like, oh, that that's a clear, like it wasn't just building up to it. Like it really went for it. And so I was telling Sabrina, or you, I was telling you this, mm-hmm. um, but then had also s- suggested that maybe I ask it some things for you. So you gave me two questions to ask the pendulum. And what was so odd was that when I asked both times, the pendulum, like there's always a little bit of movement because you're you're holding it. So there, there's always like these micro movements with it, like mm-hmm. kind of spinning at least in a little circle. And both times I asked the question for you, the two questions you asked me, told me to ask, it went like completely still, like almost like as if someone was like yeah. yanking it into a firm, hard, straight line. And the first one, okay, because the first one I had you ask was, will I be abducted by aliens? And yes. so when it did that, we were like, oh, maybe like there's just a weird – they don't want us to know Alien anything about aliens. And then you asked a different question, which was like related to my job situation. And it just went silent or still and didn't want to give you anything. So it right. was like, no, we're not doing this for Sabrina. Well, I think what's <sighs> – well, what's odd is that like normally you can do it for other people. Like you can ask questions, but I think it just – to me, it, it kind of seemed like, nope, we're done asking questions. Like if Sabrina wants to know, she'll have to ask herself. So I'll bring my pendulum next time I see you and, and yeah, you can ask yourself. I but I also think we should find one for you. Yeah. If you're into it. I mean, it's, it's kind one of, of those things where it's like, yes, in theory I am, but I'm also scared of relying on something like that. Like making choices and decisions yeah. based on the result of it. Yeah. I guess the way that I was using it sort of was that way, but like I had already made the decisions and I was just using it to see, to reinforce that I had made the right choices mm. when I was feeling the sort of swing in between, like, did I make the right decision? I don't know. You can use it for whatever you want. I mean, you yeah. don't, I mean, that's kind of like gambling. Like you don't just like flip a coin and truly make all decisions right, based on right. heads or tails. Yes. But that's how I'm going to live my life now. <laughs> you do what you want. <laughs> okay. I'll be here if okay. you need some support afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The final 
fourth story of the evening is sent in by our listener, Michelle, and it is called The Seventh Floor Girl. Oh. Hi, girls. Michelle here. Hope all has been spooky and perhaps a lot more active than all the way here in Canada. Just wanted to come around and say how proud I am of you two and your success thus far. May the spirits we all encounter follow you into further success. (laughs) That is beautiful. Okay, forget a pendulum. Michelle, do you want to be my guru? (laughs) My spirit guide? We're thinking about this. Should we do this? Yes or no? (laughs) (laughs) So I believe I never really emailed you guys about the building that I live in now. It's a really old apartment building with seven floors. Immigrants, interesting humans, and supposedly other things live here. I currently reside in the seventh floor, which, guess what? Everyone knows when you live on the seventh floor, and everyone talks about the seventh floor like it's a boogeyman. And let me tell you why. Over the years, there have been seven deaths in this floor. Oh. An old man, two girls who were found dead in my current apartment, and a few more. So creepy, right? So... Here's where the story starts. I tried to keep my mind away from anything paranormal while living here. Goodness knows, spirits love my attention and enjoy making their presence known. So I decided to take a break from investigating or even thinking about it. So one evening, as I was studying for a test, I remember I was sitting at a small lunch table with my back facing the door. I was minding my own business when I felt this eerie feeling. You know that feeling that someone is behind you and you feel like you need to look? Well, I did that. And the second I did... There was a hand reaching for my shoulder. What? A small female hand with a white sleeve. And when I reacted, it was gone. But the cold sensation was still on the back of my neck. Immediately after, my roommate got home and I told her. She is also very sensitive to the paranormal, so we openly speak of these things. She believes me and thought that perhaps it was one of the girls who had passed away here. Since it didn't really feel like a negative spirit, I decided to forget about it. No harm done there. Time goes by. And there's like a break of creepy stuff. One morning, as I was waiting for the elevator to head down to catch my Uber, I see something flash in the corner of my eye. I didn't want to look. I honestly did not. But I felt that same eerie feeling and I knew exactly what was there. And I just couldn't hold back. I turned my head ever so slightly enough to catch a girl walk across the hall in all white with her dark hair down her shoulders. She just simply faded on and off like a light as she walked across the hall. She didn't give me any attention. She just moved ever so beautifully. And once again, I wasn't terrified. This one kid though, there is this kid that just keeps popping up. And every time he asks me about the seventh floor, like he knows something. And I don't know how he guessed that I live there, but he literally knew where to press when I got in the elevator. He pressed the seventh floor. Like what the fuck is happening? Anyway, probably not a biggie, but I needed to share. Hope all remains spooky and spiritful. Love, Michelle. Okay, so have you seen Only Murders in the Building, that show? Yes. Doesn't it remind you of this a little bit? Like the kid knowing where she lives and like knowing things about the building and makes me think that he was involved with something. Yes, it's it's kind of like a mix of Archive 87 or 91 or whatever that new show is on, on Netflix. And oh, I don't Only know Murders it. in the Building. Oh, you should watch it. I've I started it. It's kind of one of my old coworkers said to start it because she was like, it's got kind of like a Stranger Things esque thing going for it. Oh, it's interesting, but but yeah, it's about like this this building, and then there's like this one kid in the building that knows everybody and and the odd things that are happening in the building. It's also weird to think. I mean, I, I think about this often. Where you know, like 
Okay, how do I say this where it makes sense? Have you ever like had this feeling like what if someone's watching you and you just don't know it? And what if someone knows all this information about you and you just don't know it? Which makes me think of this kid who knows where Michelle lives and knows like the floor, but Michelle like doesn't know him, but he knows her. Oh, oh, okay. Yes, I'm tracking. I thought you were saying like, do you ever think, is there a spirit here watching me? Oh, no. I mean like person. And I was like, yeah, pretty much every time I'm doing anything embarrassing or like- (laughs) am on the toilet i'm like oh this is unfortunate to be caught here (laughs) yes yes that but but also i mean like real human and not necessarily stalkery i mean i've had a stalker so maybe that's why i feel that way but like (laughs) like it like even right now like what if someone across the way or diagonally away is looking through their window watching us record the podcast right yeah that is interesting like what if someone's like oh i always see this girl once a week like this is her routine and yeah. someone else is the observer and you don't realize that someone's kind of don't know unintentionally taking note of like your patterns and behaviors yeah i do love the idea of this like antagonist that this this kid that just lives in the building <laughs> is almost the scariest thing that's happening there yeah <laughs> it is so sad that so many people have died on that floor i know it's scary it's scary. Like, why? Why would you live there? I know. Knowing that. And I want – because now that Michelle has seen this spirit multiple times, I'm curious if – and I'm not encouraging Ouija board per se, but I'm curious if Michelle can make contact with her and, like, find out what's going on with the spirits in the building. I understand why you're saying that, but I also feel like it's such a dangerous move to do it while you live on the seventh floor. Like – or, or is it fulfilled? It's seven deaths on the seventh floor, and n- now the curse just needs to be exposed. Yeah, I, I, don't I don't know. I just feel like I would rather it be someone else come in who doesn't live there, yeah. who like goes home and sleeps peacefully at night and doesn't have this thing, like stalking them. Is it us? No. <laughs> <laughs> you thought about it. There, It seems like you could be convinced. Well, um, <laughs> no, the only reason I paused is because there's an audio that's popular in social media that, that says, is it me? Am I the problem? And that's oh. what was it was playing in my head. So that's why I was like, <laughs> pause. Um, no, I mean, but this is a great show. Like, <laughs> make this make this a show, Michelle. Like, you live in the building. You have to solve the mystery of the seven deaths on the seventh floor while you live in the apartment. This is On this is like Baba Duke. Did you watch Baba Duke? Of course, many years ago. Baba Duke. Yes, this is horrifying and scary, and I feel horrible that ho- so many people. Well, also, like, how did they die? I know that I have questions. I want to know more about this building and how many. Yeah, how many apartments are in this building? Is this like a seven hundred unit building, or is this like thirty units and everyone's dying on the seventh floor? Yeah, that's a. Good I mean, question. even if it's. 500, 600, that's a ton of deaths for This is some good information for us to find out before we go there, Corinne. Right. And also two girls. Oh, you agreed. Oh, shit. (laughs) You tricked me. I did. (laughs) But it worked. It's it's recorded. (laughs) (laughs) Shoot. There's proof. (laughs) I didn't sign a contract. A verbal contract is all I need. I have your signature saved in a PDF. I should be doing this. (laughs) yeah ask the pendulum ask the pendulum man okay well (laughs) i do hope that those spirits are not trapped there that's another element that makes me sad it is sad and it sounds like michelle is thinking that 
who she saw the hand reaching out in the in the girl in the hallway is potentially one of the girls that died in in her own apartment. But here's my concern. And this is why I want to know how people died. Because it's making me think almost like of the ring and like you have seven days and you watch the tape. Like, what if this is the start? What if this is like the the breadcrumbs that are left from this entity that's like, oh, I'm make I'm building it up to feel like a mystery for you to feel comfortable, for you to help, for you to let me in, for you mm. to open yourself, and then I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna get you, get you, get you. One way or another, or another, I'm gonna find you. Can I get you? That could be a really well, creepy song if you sing it in. <laughs> tune yeah just throw it in minor key creepy (sighs) once again we're left with so many more questions than answers i know i know here we are here we are i feel like i can't like i know that we're wrapping up the episode but like i can't i need to just sit here and think about this i know this is one of those things where this will all get cut out but corinne and i are sitting here in silence kind of like kind of looking at each other but also looking off in the distance in like a weird what's happening kind of way right yeah this is why the beauty of editing in the podcast, because when we <laughs> just sit here and contemplate for three minutes straight and then go, oh, wait, we're recording. We're, <laughs> we're still recording. Oh, shoot. That can be wrapped up and it's a little nice yeah, tight nice package for bow. you guys. Even though there's but no bow on this. N- no bow. Open bow. Not even, not even, uh, you know what? Never mind. My brain isn't <laughs> working. But here's the thing. We want your emails. We want your we stories. Do. So please email them to us, the two girls, one ghost podcast at gmail.com. And there are many ways to support us. You can rate and review us on iTunes. You can follow us on social media. We're on TikTok. We have Instagram. You can also support us by joining our Patreon, which is always fun. We're posting some video content on there. We, if you are in certain tiers, you can pick topics and you get free merch There's a lot of fun things to explore on there. And Corinne and I are also planning on doing like a fun revamp in the next couple of months. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, What else? Merch. Buy merch. Merch. Green room. Did you say green room? Green room. No, I didn't. You could do it. Okay. Well, uh, hi. We go live on green room every (laughs) Tuesday. It's an app. You can find it through the Spotify app or you can download the actual app green room on your phone or you can access it through your desktop browser. And we go live and people chat with each other. People come up on stage and tell their ghost stories to us live. And it's super freaking fun. And it goes by in a flash. And we love doing it every single week. So join us there. It's 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern info on our Instagram. And you can also find old recorded versions of it uh, in our podcast feed. So you can find the link there too. Yes. And before we go, we want to say thank you to a bunch of different people. But first, we want to say thank you to Aiden Manning and the team at Upfire Digital. Thank you for editing our podcast. We're very grateful for you and your talent. And we're also very grateful for our Patreon donors. And this week, we're saying thank you to our ill-gotten booty poppers. Thank you to Anthony, Christine, Sleeping Cat, seventeen two nine, Lindsay, Jenna, Anna, Libby, Jody, Robert, Jerry, Leah, Lewis, Rachel, Elena, Christine, Emily, Heather, Courtney, Molly, Gretchen, Tucker, Ashley, April, Tabor, Tired Panda Bear, Sloan, Eric, Hosea, Paula, Alex, Divizio, Ellie, Jim, Sarah, Stacy, Andrea, Brianna, Elena. Jean, Belinda, Johnny, and Malaya. Thank you. We are so grateful for your support, and it means so much to us. 
And we love you. We just love you. All of you. And we will. And we will. See you on on the the other other side. Very smooth.